0: Welcome to the ultimate crowdsourced personal finance show. This is your Friday Roundup.
1: You're listening to Choose FI Radio. The blueprint for financial independence lives here. If you're looking to unlock the secrets to financial independence and early retirement, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and join a community of like-minded people who are getting off the hamster wheel and taking control of their lives in the pursuit of financial independence. Choose FI, your home for financial independence online.
0: All right, guys. Congratulations. You made it to the weekend, and this is your Friday roundup. Super excited to be here today and get a chance to basically talk about my favorite topic, financial independence. And to help me with this, I have my co-host, Brad, here with me today. How you doing, buddy?
2: I am doing well, Jonathan. It is Black Friday, right? You ready to go out and shop, shop, shop? I can't think of
0: anything that actually makes my skin crawl more, like not in a good way, than the idea of standing standing in line outside of Best Buy for 20 hours preparing for the limited edition, $50 off the newest 60-inch 4K LCD TV. That is my personal nightmare. Oh, come on. That sounds like fun. You don't want to get up at 3 a.m. to stand outside Best Buy? Even in my pre-fi days, that sounded horrible. I don't care if it's the iPhone 10X or you know whatever the newest model is. There is no dollar amount in the world that you could pay me to sit in line at 3 a.m. waiting for the new release of a cell phone. It's just that's crazy talk.
2: <laughs> yep, I agree. I was never not unsurprisingly, I was never one for Black Friday. So yeah, it's uh it's kind of funny to think about all the millions of people who are out at stores right now and and going crazy on their their deals, right? Their sales. But you know, I guess teach his own and and obviously we have tens upon tens of thousands of people listening to this podcast focused on financial independence. And that's that's what's cool for us in this community, and we're not going out there getting suckered into spending thousands of dollars on things that we don't want, need, or really have any use for. Unless you get a great deal on in the Instapot, then let me know. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> you had to throw that in there. I, we still haven't bought one, but uh, it might be it might be under the Christmas tree this year. We'll see. Nice. Yes. Let me know. I will convert you. <laughs> <laughs> All in good time. All in good time. So yeah, it's kind of funny. We're obviously recording this on Tuesday before before Thanksgiving, but uh, what do you guys have planned for Thanksgiving? Are you visiting family? What What's going on?
0: Uh, My mom actually uses Thanksgiving as an opportunity to bring in her own local community. And so she disinvited us this year and said, please find another place to go. Uh, I want to have more room at the table, which was awesome and uh, just funny. So we're going to a friend's home in Yorktown, in Yorktown, Virginia. So it's just gonna be a wonderful day. We're going to be there just probably for three or four hours. Just have a great time and then come on back. So super low key. What about you, man?
2: Nice. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, my parents are actually driving in from New York today, so they'll be here for at least a handful of days. And it, w- it was funny. I was actually listening to the James Altucher podcast this morning with Tim Ferris. And uh, Ferris had this quote, I guess, from uh, somebody named Ram Dass. And it was, quote, if you think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family. And that just like struck me as so funny because it was, you know, we, we're we talking about, alligators and kittens with the happy philosopher and and focusing on things that make you happy and you know i love my family but i think what this quote really hit home was like we all have these trigger points and like i know i i find myself sometimes getting frustrated with all the members of my family for something and it it's just reverting to old bad habits and i'm going to make a real effort to not let that happen you know if i i'm walking around saying i'm focusing on happiness and focusing on not getting out of my Happy mental state and et cetera, et cetera, but yet, I do slip into those old habits, so I'm very excited to have my family here and and yeah, it should be a, a wonderful Thanksgiving and a nice visit.
0: well, you know, we've been talking about happiness and and I know Thanksgiving is an American holiday, but it is a holiday that's all about gratitude, so maybe it is the perfect challenge for yourself just to think about how privileged you are and what you do have to be grateful for, so a little bit of a retroactive message there, but certainly something to highlight and to think about. Okay, so uh, this this Monday, we had this awesome episode with Mr. Groovy from FreedomIsGroovy.com talking about domestic geo-arbitrage. And frankly, I don't think there's a whole lot to add to this episode because it was just so explicitly self-explanatory. I love the story that he told. I love the detail that he went into and just the raw honesty with what their thought process was as they decided to make this choice, which you can feel the resistance. I mean, the idea of leaving what you know, what's so baked into your core identity that it comes through in your voice you know your friends your family your job your neighborhood everything just ripping yourself out of that and transplanting to a new area and that's daunting and and you can see why so many people don't make the choice but it was powerful it was so powerful to me to actually see to have someone be able to document the numbers and show you that if you did make that choice cuz even people that decide not to have at least considered it if you did make that choice how it can radically transform your financial future.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And like you said in the episode, and this was a really important takeaway. Sure, the Groovy family made out like bandits with their Long Beach condo, and they walked away with $250,000 in cash, essentially. But that wasn't the absolute necessity for them to reach five, they would have reached five anyway, just because of this geo arbitrage. Sure. It would have taken a couple of years longer, but the amount of space that they opened up between their income and their expenses just by making that move was just hugely significant and it would have enabled them to reach five regardless. Now, of course they basically hit the jackpot with timing on, on that condo and, and that's fine. That's that you can almost put that aside mentally they made this decision because it was the right decision for them and their family. And I think that's, that's the important thing. And, and I know, you know, we kind of ripped Long Island a little bit much. I, I hope we weren't too, too negative. Uh, Long Island really is a wonderful place to live. And I think Mr. Groovy kind of said an offhand flipping comment about how everybody thinks it or how, when he lived there, it was the center of the universe. And that wasn't just like like a random mention, like people who live on Long Island think it's the best place to live or one of the best places to live in the world. It really, there's a lot going for it. The beaches are there, the proximity in New York city. Like it's just, it's got a lot going on. So that wasn't like just a random thing. It's people legitimately think it's just a great, great place to live, but it's expensive. There's no question about it. It's expensive and it's hard to leave because people do believe that it's a great place to live and they do have this family there. It's, it's a very tight knit community with family I've found on Long Island in particular. So it is difficult to get away from, but if you determine that it's the best decision for your immediate nuclear family, like Laura and I did, even though that was before we had the girls, we, we were thinking long-term. And we knew we were going to have kids someday. We knew we, in a perfect world, wanted Laura to stay home with, with the future kids, I should say, before we knew they were girls and we could not have done that on Long Island. So that was a decision for our family that we needed to make. And in hindsight, it worked out to be the best possible decision. Laura got to stay home as basically a stay at home mom for 10 months a year. She worked two months a year during tax busy season, but. Not even all that much in the grand scheme of things. She didn't work crazy overtime or anything. And she was able to make some money, keep the intellectual side of the job going for a couple months a year, but yet still be a stay-at-home mom. And that was nine plus years she got to be a stay-at-home mom. And our youngest, Molly, is now in kindergarten. And And that chapter of Laura's life has actually just kind of changed in the last couple of months. But that was a plan we set in place when we were 26 years old. And it worked incredibly well. And we were able to reach financial independence in that intervening time. Like that would have been impossible in a high cost of living area. It happened that our high cost of living area was long Island, but extrapolate that to anywhere, any other high cost of living area. And it's, it's very similar. You need to make decisions in life and you need to figure out what you value. It's not me telling you, you need to live in a certain place, or you need to leave your high cost of living area. That's your decision to make. Clearly it's what you value. It's what you think your life should look like, and you need to determine that for yourself and Laura and I, it was a very easy decision for the groovies. It sounds like it was fairly easy. Like as soon as they found Dave Ramsey, they made that decision almost immediately to leave Long Island and they saved for three straight years and saved $80,000. These were people who were quote unquote financial morons, right? Like they had no idea what they were doing and they didn't even know what an emergency fund was. They found Dave Ramsey and in a flash, they changed their entire lives. Like that is, that is a really impressive thing they did. But you know, it was so well-timed because the Friday before this episode came
0: out, we released episode 49R, which was called the Five Festival. But in that episode, we unrolled the idea of seeing these local groups spread around the world. And we thought we're in this very unique position to basically add a level of organization to this where we can facilitate the growth and consistency of these groups around the world. And we can help people find a tribe of like-minded individuals that can help support this journey to financial independence through really a variety of different ways. And as it happens, we have a ChooseFI Long Island group that formed basically a day before this episode got released, which was maybe a little bit awkward as that episode could have been titled Escape from Long Island. Uh, it wasn't really the intent. And in fact, actually, in retrospect, I love the fact that we had this Long Island group because... More respect to the people that are staying there. They've done the math. They realize that the numbers make it much more difficult. And they say, this is where we live. We're going to make this work. And we're going to do it here in Long Island. That is something worth highlighting. And we're saying more power to you. And how can we support you? And I think that the local chapter has the ability to make life more efficient, to make the path that they've chosen just slightly easier at the margins by showing you know, how do you optimize your specific city? How do you extract the most from your specific city? And in my mind, you do that through the power of community.
2: Yeah, there's no question in my mind, Jonathan. This this network of Chooseify local groups that we just rolled out the concept on Friday, right? Like there were a couple of groups in existence before then, out in in California, actually. There was San Diego and Los Angeles that I know in particular, and just in the last three to four days, there are now 62 groups. Throughout the world, we are on every single continent now. There are Choose FI local groups. And this is not just an errant meetup every couple months, you know, three or four times a year. We really think that these can be local communities. We have spent the entire year here on the Choose FI podcast talking about the value and the importance of community. And this is the transformation. And the next step of making that from, okay, this is just a great idea. And Brad talked about it on the podcast that he likes to go to fincon and and camp flies, which are fantastic. and i I hope everybody gets to go. But it takes it from that to we have local communities in every single city throughout the world. That's the vision of this because the fire really is spreading, as Jonathan would say. and we, we see it on this huge hockey stick trajectory. And it's when you get local people and you see others modeling this behavior in high cost of living areas like Long Island or low cost of living areas like Charlotte and and Richmond and everywhere in between, right? Like when you see how people are getting to fi in your local area, it emboldens you. It makes it real. And you also, you share notes, you share, tips and tricks and deals that you've seen, like on our Richmond group, we, I I had mentioned this on the podcast way back when I think that, uh, one of my friends locally wound up buying like a mosquito sprayer, which sounds really random, but just bear with me here. Like the, these companies charge about a thousand dollars a summer to spray for mosquitoes, or you can buy the sprayer in the top of the line stuff for like five or $600. Well, Somebody mentioned that in the Richmond group and it just so happened that my friend John is in our choose a local group and everybody asked him for some information and now five or six of us are going to split that sprayer for under a hundred dollars each. And that's just a cool thing. Like that's what I'm constantly talking about also is why do we each need on my block of 10 houses? Why do we each need a lawnmower and a wheelbarrow and a rake and all this other nonsense when, it sits idle 99% of the time, right? Like if you have a community, a true community, you can share things, you can become so much more efficient. Like, and not only that, but when we travel throughout the world now and, and not just Brad and Jonathan, the guys on the podcast, but everyone in this community, like if you go to Sydney, Australia, there's a choose if I local group there. Right. Like you can get in touch with them and find out where to go, where to stay. Like, who knows? Somebody might offer up a spare bedroom in their house to stay. Like we have this incredibly powerful and vibrant community of like-minded people throughout the entire world. And I cannot overstate how important that is and what a game changer this is. It's even more than that, Brad. This is the this is what
0: future mastermind groups look like in your local community. This is what entrepreneur groups look like in your local community. This is honestly where you learn how to get the best of each individual city, and this is when you decide to make a choice to leave a high cost of living area, but you don't know anywhere else. This is how you can go about making that transition easier. You join a community that's in an area that you're considering, and you start to get a feel for where you'd want to stay, what sort of what sort of area you'd want to be in. I mean, the idea of mentorship to me is, is so powerful. Uh, the idea of finding just people that can inspire you and motivate you, and and absolutely, let's have you know, let's have some potluck dinners. Let's have something informal. Let's have a, you know, a movie night in the backyard. Let's have these wonderful, just family friendly events. But then aside from that, what if you want to start looking at, you know, how do I explore this entrepreneurial mindset? What if I want to start exploring real estate in my local community? I mean, this is how you can get integrated with a group of like-minded people that are looking to just push the envelope just slightly. And it's just, it's very inspiring just to be able to find a tribe of people.
2: Yeah. Truly a tribe of people. And, and I mean, you're truly joining as Jonathan likes to say, the stealth wealth community of that local area or the world, right? Like this is a very self-selecting thing that, that we are people who, who think a little bit differently and view the world differently. And who doesn't want to join a community like that, right? Like, I feel like I've always been this little Island unto myself of, Financial independence here in Richmond. but unbeknownst to me, there are dozens upon dozens of people who are in this community just in Richmond, and it's growing. Like that's the beautiful part. It's like once you have this community, well, you have a meetup, and everybody can invite a friend who might be open to this. And you know instead of it sounding like this insane idea that you read on the internet somewhere, They can actually speak with other people who are pursuing this lifestyle. And you can see how normal everybody is and like how people are actually focused on the right things in life instead of just the standard meet and greet. How's the weather? What do you do for your living type type deal? Right. Like, so this can change everything.
0: And Brad, if and if discovering phi is a superpower, joining a local group is like joining the Justice League.
2: (laughs) <laughs> nice. How many people will get that uh, <laughs> get that out there? I like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, the FI community also selects for uh for the occasional nerd. So there should be a, there should be a few of us.
2: <laughs> nice. Very very cool. And yeah, I think we have something like 62 local groups that have now popped up just in the last 4 days and Every hour or so, it seems like someone is popping onto the Chooseify Facebook group, the larger Facebook group, and asking to create a new group, or how can I get started in Kansas City or Juneau, Alaska, or wherever it may be, right? And that's the cool thing here. Like, this is not stopping at 62 groups. I expect there to be hundreds of groups. And what we need you to do definitely is to head over to Chooseify.com slash local and you can see the entire list of the existing groups. And if there's one in your local area, just click on the link and just request to join that group and you're in, you have that local community.
0: Let me just put this out there now because I've been having these conversations one-on-one. If you are interested in being the admin of a group because you don't see one and you like there to be one in your community, just reach out on our Facebook group. Just go to chooseify.com slash Facebook to join our private group. And then we actually have an admin team of all the administrators of the local groups all around the world. And in that group, we're actually working to figure out how can we make these groups better? So if you're thinking, well, I don't know if I would be good at being an administrator of a local group, I don't know if I have a big enough personality to handle this on my own. That is not the point. There's something extremely valuable in having a placeholder in place now. And then we get a team of people in each individual area that are willing to help facilitate that. So the load is very easy. You can be as engaged or as laid back in that process as you want to be. But the idea is we help each other. And then you learn not just from what you're doing in the specific community that you're in, but what all the other communities are doing around the world. And then we take the best practices in each city and apply them to those local groups. So that's kind of how this thing is going to grow and get more and more sophisticated. It's going to be a very vibrant community. And honestly, the point is to get the thing rolling right now. By the end of next year, at every single level, I'm trying not to use the word game changer quite as much. I'm trying to reserve it because I don't want to take away from how powerful this is because this is a game changer. So Brad and I wanted to take a few minutes and go back and bring in some feedbacks on some past episodes. I have been gone for a couple weeks and frankly, we didn't get a chance to really draw your feedback into the show So this first voicemail I want to play is from Charles, and it goes back to our episode 47, uh, The Cult of Homeownership with Bryce and Christy. And it's a question about the 1% rule and how to determine whether or not it's a better deal to rent versus buy.
1: Hey, Brad and Jonathan. This week's podcast sparked a thought. Should the 1% rule of thumb for investing in real estate be applied as a rule of thumb for whether you should rent or buy a house to live in in a given market, or even selling the house that you're living in and becoming a renter? I'd like to hear your thoughts on this.
0: Charles, thanks for the question. Actually, I think it's a great idea. I think that's something that we'll have to explore. We could probably turn that into a whole episode and I might even try and get Coach Carson to weigh in on this and maybe also Big Earn from early retirement now. But I I love the thought and and I want to tell you, it's something that I've been thinking about as well. It seems like it might be just a great barometer of which way you should lean to. And we'll put a link in the show notes to episode 16, which was our episode on house hacking with Coach Carson in which he unpacks the concept of the 1% rule for you a little bit. So I think that that is a great suggestion. But I want to take a second and use this question as a platform to address something else. Uh I think Brad and I were the epitome of arrogance when we did an episode on homeownership, buying versus renting, and we just, you know, this is probably one of the most debated topics in the FI community. Probably number one is lump sum investing uh, at the peak of the market versus dollar cost averaging. And then right behind that would be, which is better, buy versus rent. And Brad and I, for some reason, uh, thought that we would be able to come on the scene and with a single episode, solve it once and for all, which is just at its face laughable. And if anything, we just got the conversation started. I love the conversation, but I think it's right to point out that. We did not drop the hammer on that episode. Um, we highlighted the value of doing the math on running versus buy. But ultimately, I wanted to come back and say for the record that it is very situational. And you you really do need to do the math in every single situation. And then on top of that, add in all the lifestyle factors, which can affect that one way or the other, and frankly, sometimes it's going to be the right choice to buy. Uh, you could be in a low cost of living area, scoop up a house for forty thousand dollars, which means you're putting four thousand dollars down, and then you have that set. And, you know, and then you add in all the lifestyle factors that go along with that—the security, not having to move, being able to make renovations, that sort of thing—and it's an obvious choice. And in other cases, you're paying four hundred fifty thousand dollars for an entry level fixer upper, and it doesn't make sense. It absolutely doesn't make sense. So you
2: need to do the math in each specific scenario. Yeah, and this episode definitely got a ton of feedback, both positive and negative. I think Jonathan's right. We did a bad job with this, frankly, if the plan was to make this the open and shut case for owning or not owning a home. And honestly, that wasn't my intention with this at all. It really wasn't. It was just like a conversation with Christine Bryce, who were these really fun, interesting people, but they have a very strong opinion. And I think where Jonathan and I went wrong was that we just, we didn't ask the hard questions. We just kind of went with the flow because it was a fun conversation and that was that, and we didn't really dive into as a true interview plus pluses and minuses we were just having a conversation. I think it was a good episode frankly like listening back to it it's interesting and and we got their point but there was no counterpoint. And I think that's the issue where we made it that this is the open and shut case that owning a home is bad. Well, I don't think that's the case, right? Jonathan and I both own homes. Many millions of people own homes. I think they were trying to say the math doesn't always work and also more than that we have all been kind of societally brainwashed that owning a home is the only way to go and i think the important point is that is not the only way to go you need to actually think about it you need to run the math you need to figure out what works with your life like theoretically for me i would rent a home if i had the option to do so in my exact little area right like my kids go to elementary school and we don't want them to leave that school we love this particular school and we're going to live there for the next five and a half years, no matter what. So if I could be hundred percent certain that I could rent a house in this one tiny little district, we would stay there for at least the next five and a half years. But that is uncertain a and B there aren't really any homes to rent in this particular area that we want to live in. So it's just not plausible for us. So we're fine owning a home. That was the decision that made the most sense for our lives, but I didn't make that decision as, Oh, my home is a great investment. It may, or it may not be, but it's the right decision for our lives. And I think that's really the point that Bryce and Christy were trying to get across is like, you need to look outside of what has been societally pushed down your throat and say like, okay, the entire value of life isn't about owning a home and having a 30 year mortgage and being stuck someplace. It's about having options and doing the math. So they're very bullish on doing the math. And I I think that's really the point. So again, just to, to end this conversation, like this is not the last word on home ownership, we're going to have like a real in-depth, I suspect a round table with people of different differing opinions and actually people doing the math like big earn. I know he came out with a spreadsheet after listening to our episode. So we need people like that to sit around a table and have a discussion and let everyone hear and make their decisions. So we pledge to do better on this particular topic in the future.
0: Well, actually, there's so many upshots. I think we just ran that episode under the ground, but there were so many benefits of doing this episode. One, it was a slap in the face if you just were totally unwilling to consider whether or not your home was a good investment. That that was the first upshot. The second was Big Earn calling us out. Now, I will say for the record that this episode woke Big Earn up. I mean, because of this episode, because he was like, huh, that doesn't sound right. He actually put the time in to go do the math. And frankly, Brad, when I was doing research initially to create this episode, we were going to do it from scratch. And when I couldn't find anybody that was making a case based on the math for just home ownership, honestly, I ravaged the Phi community looking for anybody to be ambassador of how good, how the math was good. Nobody had any resources that I could reference for this. It was a wasteland. In fact, big earn, uh, last year, wrote an article saying your house is a bad investment. And he's since changed that to reference this new article uh, saying that it actually probably could be a decent investment. But now we have something to reference. So I think the next episode we do going into 2018, we have plans to bring Big Earn on several more times, but that one has to be on the radar. How do we objectively go through the math? So first, Charles, uh, thank you for that question about the 1% rule. I think it's a great point. And to Big Earn, I cannot wait to bring you back on to talk about how you go through picking through the numbers and determining whether not something's a good investment. All right, guys, the second half of the show and what it's going to be titled is Impact. And we just want to, we have been getting these voicemails, uh, relaying feedback and takeaways from episodes that we've released over the past four weeks. And we have a, a backlog of these epic voicemails that, frankly, it's criminal not to share them with you. So today we're going to dip into the mailbag and we're going to play several voicemails. All right, so this first one is from Wendy on the episode with Happy Philosopher.
3: Hi, Jonathan and Brad. This is Wendy from San Diego. I wanted to call and just give you some feedback from episode 48. I often have to travel back and forth from San Diego to Phoenix. My home is now in San Diego, but my law practice is still in Phoenix. It's easier and cheaper for me to drive. And honestly, I enjoy the quiet most of the time. It allows me time to think, which is sometimes a blessing and a curse. The five and a half hour drive is also my time to catch up on all of my podcasts, this one being my favorite, though I'm also catching up on the fire drill. Today I listened to episode 48, The Happy Philosopher, and I have to tell you guys, I listened with tears streaming down my face. I identified with so many of the things Jeff said, words like prison and trapped And burnout, those are all words I use often to describe how I feel about being a lawyer. I've had a great career, and I'm very, very thankful for it. It has provided a very good income for my family, and I've helped a lot of people. The work that I do has truly made a difference, but it does drain my cup, and there is more seeping out of the cracks at the bottom than is coming in to fill it up. I'm at the end of the runway and I'm either going to crash and burn or I'm going to need to jump. And neither of those We'll do anything to solve our debt problem or help us reach five. As I continued listening, I took everything that was said to heart and I began focusing on remembering what makes me happy, um, also identifying the alligators. Um, but the best thing that came from this episode is that I came home from this long drive and was able to sit down and discuss everything with my husband, um, especially this episode, because he had already listened to it, which was a first. I'm the one who listens to podcasts, not him. So this was um, a first. And so together, we discussed some of the alligators involved in my law practice and decided to remove as many of them as we could. We also took a really good look at our budget again and decided to cut a few more things from it With these changes, I can cut out the part of my practice that is giving me most of the stress. I also decided that I needed to cancel my gym membership and get back into running. Running was where I started my journey to health two years ago, and it brought me a lot of happiness. So it's really a no-brainer. It's simple, and it's free. So no doubt, I still went off the plane but I think I can write it out a bit longer. And I just wanted to let you both know that I'm forever grateful for this community and the knowledge and perspective it has brought, uh, not just to me, but my whole family truly a lifesaver. And thank you guys. Sorry, this is so long.
0: Oh, Wendy, please do not apologize for the link. That was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. And Brad, it goes back to that point that you said, I mean, is there a way when you're looking at the the duties in your job, is there a way that you can extract the part that makes you happy and somehow remove the aspects that are making you so miserable?
2: Yeah, I love this. I mean, Wendy created a few money for her own law practice right? Like her own practice. She was able to, by clearing this space and removing these alligators, by cutting the gym membership, by cutting some other little things, like she was able to remove the items from her law practice that she just doesn't like and doesn't want to spend time on. And now she doesn't have to like, that is so incredibly powerful. And it's really is these little things that you just, you start putting them together and it just leads to a happier life. And Wendy, a huge congratulations to you and your husband. The fact that you guys shared this together and had this in-depth conversation, I mean, that is really powerful. This next voicemail was from Cassandra.
4: Hi, Jonathan and Brad. Monday's episode with the happy philosopher really hit home for me. I could relate to Jeff on many levels. I too work in the medical field. While I'm not a physician, I am a physician assistant. For those of you not familiar, I practice medicine under the supervision of a physician, but have a fair amount of autonomy. When I started my PA career three years ago, I was so excited to find my dream job. I had been through eight long years of training and clinical hours to get to this point. I had the goal of practicing medicine since I was a child, and now I had a six-figure income, the ability to work in any specialty. I could work inpatient. I could work outpatient medicine. However, never did I imagine that in three years, I'd be doubting my choice. And feeling burned out. I felt drained by the long hours, the long clinic followed by the endless inpatient consults, writing note after note day after day, wondering if this is how the next 20 to 30 years of my life was going to look. I was introduced to FI by first being introduced to the Choose FI Facebook group. I started by reading posts and realized that this is the finance information I had wanted since graduating, and I wanted more. One post made mention to a recent podcast, and I finally realized that the Facebook group was not the only way I could obtain more FI information. Once I listened to the first podcast, like many others, I binged, listened, determined to catch up. I finally have caught up and have learned more about finance in the past few months than I've ever learned in school. During PA school, I learned a great deal of information, both medically related and also about professional development, such as signing contracts and protecting myself with malpractice. However, what was lacking was what to do with personal finance. I have a significant amount of student loans, but I don't regret them because it's allowed me a job that allows for flexibility. It allows for me to be employable at a good salary in any state in the country, in any specialty, with the opportunity to be part-time, full-time, or temporary employee. And now, since Choose FI, I have a newfound excitement deciding what my side hustle will be. Each day that I'm rounding at the hospital, seeing the post-operative patient, or the newly diagnosed cancer patient while rushing back to the clinic to discuss interventional procedures for a chronic back pain patient, I'm looking at things a bit different. I'm looking as to how I can help others navigate a complex health system. So I felt compelled to record this message to thank not only you, Brad and Jonathan, but the Facebook community you established for being so welcoming and consistently helpful with tools and tips for each of our individual phi journeys. We have been helping to spread the fire within our group, family, and friends. My new bucket list item is to be a guest on your show in the future and tell you about how my husband and I paid off over $260,000 in student loans and still achieve FI in less than 10 years. Our short-term goal, though, is to win the Simple Path to Wealth. We waited over six weeks to check it out at the LA Public Library, and now that we have it, we don't want to give it back. So please help us save in library fees and pick us for the giveaway. Thanks,
0: guys. Wow, Cassandra, that is so inspiring. I just wanted to let you know, I went ahead and reached out to uh, to JL Collins and he gave me a... Um, a free copy of his audiobook that he wants to give to you. So we are going to just go ahead and send me an email to feedback at choosefi.com and I'll send you to the link to that. Um, I have a free audiobook for the simple path to wealth that I want to hook you up with. That is incredibly inspiring. Uh, the other part of that, Brad, did you pick up on the part that once you separate yourself from the hamster wheel, you've se- you separate yourself from the daily grind of just surviving this existence. You move from this mentality where you're concentrated on all your own problems to the place in time where you realize, how can I start looking at the world as almost a puzzle and you start thinking, here's a problem. I wonder if I could fix that. And I wonder if maybe I could turn that into a side hustle. I mean, it's just a much more creative way of looking at life. And thank you so much, Cassandra, for taking a few minutes just to share your story with us.
2: And Cassandra, one item that that you touched on in passing there was about how you had eight years of education to be a PA, but you never learned the basics of personal finance and certainly not anything in the fi world, right? Like this just doesn't cross people's minds. So, I mean, you have people with master's degrees, PhDs, and they have no idea about even the rudimentary aspects of personal finance. And that really is just is just not good enough. And it's really unfortunate as a society that that's, that's the way we educate people. You know, we teach them the the capitals of all 50 states, but not how to create an emergency fund or how to balance a checkbook or what compound interest is or what an index fund is. That is crazy to me. And And what's really interesting, I just got an email last week from a professor at the University of Iowa actually. And his name is Zach. And he created what I believe to be the first ever college course on financial independence. So this thing exists right now at this very moment, he is teaching the first ever Phi college course. And I jumped on the phone with him, talked to him for about an hour. And it's just super exciting what he's doing there. Like he created the entire curriculum himself. He saw a call from from the university to have professors find and create these one credit courses on topics of interest. And he decided that financial independence was something he wanted to teach his students. And he created this course. And I think there are about 30 university students in his class. And this thing is, is happening. And what's neat is I also spoke with a professor at the University of Richmond who's interested in doing something similar. And I know we have dozens, if not hundreds of university professors out there listening to this podcast who may have thought in a fleeting moment that they wanted to do the same. Well, we have a growing network of professors who are looking to create a Phi course and spread it throughout the American university system, basically. So if you're interested, reach out to me. So send an email to feedback at choose And I'm going to try to create this network of these university professors who can all share ideas, topics, et cetera, help iterate even quicker than if they were just doing it as an Island unto themselves, right. As, as one professor. So I think this is yet another of these like major steps forward for getting more people to learn about FI and, you know, personal finance, just generally, right? Like that will help society. So we're talking just on this episode about creating local communities, right? Like now we can get into university settings and and teach college students before they go out to their first job. And I hope that this extends to K through 12 education as well. Like these are the plans that we have for, for this community. We truly want the fire to spread and this is yet another way that it's going to happen. So yeah, reach out to me, feedback at choosefi.com, And this is one of my big projects for 2018. So I would love any professor. It doesn't have to be a business professor. Like just get in touch with us and, and we can make this happen. All
0: right. This next voicemail is from
2: Phil.
1: Hey guys. I'm 29 years old, and I've been in the Marine Corps for 11 years. I did my first 10 years in the infantry and was fortunate enough to do several combat deployments with some of the finest men this country has to offer. That first 10 years really took its toll on me physically and mentally, but I kept my head down and I've made a career out of it. My wife and I have been together for over 10 years and are fortunate that we are naturally frugal people. My wife does like to do some occasional shopping, and we have done much international travel when I'm not deployed or training. Well, about a year and a half ago, I got selected for an officer program, which came with more opportunity and a generous pay increase. As I don't like stuff and my wife is pretty frugal by nature, we wondered what we should do. Well, after bouncing around financial podcasts and forums, I stumbled upon Choose FI. I listened to a few podcasts and I was absolutely hooked. I thought, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. I pictured my life in nine years when I can truly retire and not start a second career as most military retirees do. I felt this rush. I felt rejuvenated, and I have slowly but surely got my wife on board with the frugal lifestyle. Now comes our plan for fire. We have come in contact with some very interesting people from the art and rock climbing communities as we live five minutes from Joshua Tree National Park, and they have absolutely inspired us. My wife and I hike, mountain bike, backpack, and are just now picking up rock climbing. So in nine years, at the ripe old age of 38, I will fully retire with a military pension. Since we have been and will continue to save 40 to 60% of our income, my wife and I will never again work a job that we don't want to. We plan to buy an old FedEx van, renovate it to accommodate us plus a cat, and travel all over the country climbing and exploring. We will periodically park the van at a friend or relative's house and live for months at a time in places like Thailand, London, Argentina, or wherever it catches our fancy. The possibilities feel endless. I have a zest for life again. I find myself excited to go to work as each day is a step closer to our dream. Even upcoming deployments don't seem so bad as the opportunity to put more tax-free money into our index fund and ultimately toward our financial and personal independence. I try to share this lifestyle with as many military members as I can, as most of them struggle and live paycheck to paycheck. I hope that I can make a positive impact on this community that I work and live in, as many of them struggle with their own financial independence. I will continue to counsel as many as I can. I will also stay tuned to Choose FI to get more tips and life hacks to bring more joy into our lives and the lives of others. Thank you so much for what you guys are doing, and please keep up the great work. Take care.
0: Wow, that that is inspiring on so many different levels Phil. Thank you first of all for your service, for everything that you've done. And I'm thrilled for you. I'm thrilled that you're excited. You know, every single day is a new opportunity and you can just see that creativity comes into play and while it's suppressed because you're just trying to make it through the next day, now you get to explore all the all the possibilities. And ultimately what stood out to me is the fact that where are you going to be 10 years from now? There's so many people that come to this program and say, "Oh, This would have worked if I had just found it 20 years ago, five years ago, you know, whatever. But you found it now. And the question you have to ask yourself is, are you going to be in a better place 10 years from now if you just take action, take that first step? That's what's so inspiring. And when you reframe things, you have the rest of your life for this stuff to benefit you. Take action, get started today.
2: Yeah, this was a great voicemail from Phil. And I, I found myself just leaning in, like the emotion and strength in his voice. Like, Phil, I don't know, you're a natural, like you should have a podcast, frankly. Like, I, I, I wanted to hear more. Uh, it, it's amazing. You know, some of your quotes I have a zest for life again, and this is it. This is what I've been looking for. And, and that is Phi, right? Like it, it enables us to have that control and power over our lives again. And it, it just changes everything. And I just could not be happier for you and your wife. And it just sounds like an amazing life that you have set up in the future and really, really happy for you. So this voicemail is from Lori.
3: Hi, Brad and Jonathan. I'm 55 and my husband is 57. We plan on retiring a year from now. I found the Choose F.I. podcast earlier this year when I was looking to learn more about my finances and retirement. My husband, who has told me for years that we're on the right track and is good at crunching numbers, had tried to explain our retirement plans without much luck. Choose F.I., from the first podcast I listened to, removed my mental fog and I was able to clearly read our numbers. We use Mint and see that indeed we were where we needed to be. Thank
2: you so much for all that you do.
0: Isn't it amazing when you finally have that light bulb moment and you realize, wow, we got this.
2: Yeah, that was neat. Removed her mental fog. That's a that's a great quote. So yeah, congratulations. That is really wonderful. And thanks for sending the voicemail in.
0: Guys, I played these voicemails for you. One, because they're too good not to play, but also just to show you the power of just impact and not the impact of choose FI, but the power of FI, the power of this message, the power that it has to transform a life. And frankly, you are the ambassadors of FI in your local community. And it's time to start spreading this message. It's time to start letting people know that they can make a choice that can affect their life and the life of their kids, the life of their families, the life of their local communities all around the world. And it's not difficult. It just starts by being slightly more optimized and applying the concepts that we're talking about here that the FI community is talking about all over the internet, just actually taking action with that information. It's great to consume it. It's great to listen to it. But today, it's important to go ahead and get started. Take that first step. What's the one thing that you're going to do this week? What's the one thing that you're going to take action on that is going to have the ability over time to radically transform the life that you want to live into? All right, guys. Well, the holidays are coming up. Uh, we just had Thanksgiving and we're going to be moving into Christmas. And so I thought to kind of highlight this, this season of life that we're in right now, I could play one more voicemail for you today. And this voicemail is from Jessica.
5: Oh, hi. So hi, guys. Um, my name is Jessica and I um, have started listening to your podcast the last mm, month or so. I'm really enjoying it, but... I'm was thinking about different hacks that I do in my life. And when you had a recently made a call out for life hacks, so I started thinking about my life and what I do. And I was realizing that I have a few things about Christmas that I do, and I'm sure other people do them, but one of the things that I do is I don't decorate, and that saves me money. <laughs> we have a Christmas tree, we'll get some little lights, but I have a toddler, and well, two toddlers, and so if you keep the decorations to a minimum, then there's less broken decorations and less decorations in other people's mouths. But also you save a lot of money. Another thing that we do is for presents for the kids. We do, it's sort of like, a, we got the idea from a, a minimalist blog, I think. They get four presents from us each and it's something they want, something they need, something to wear and something to read. So four things that are all kind of useful and, and this year, the thing that we're getting them that they want is an experience. We're going to a local zoo and we're going to have a fun day out and uh, ride the little train around. So that's another way that we keep costs down and also keep junk down and keep the decluttering to a minimum that we need. Um, the last thing that we do is Christmas cards. We do have family in a bunch of different places that love to hear from us around the holidays. So um, what we do is we take a picture, we take a family picture, we probably... Usually get a friend to take our picture or something like that. Nothing professional. But then I'll play with it and edit it on canva.com, C-A-N-V-A.com. And it's kind of like a a photo layout kind of uh, website where you can make posts and put text on it and put little decorations on it. So I'll put, you know, Merry Christmas from us and stuff like that onto it and tweak the picture a little bit. But then I can download that file and then print it on uh, at Walmart for like nine cents per card. And so they're really cheap Christmas cards. So yeah, so those are my three kind of Christmas life hacks. Save you some money, save you some stress. Hopefully that's helpful. But thanks for making the podcast. I really enjoy it. Keep it up, guys.
0: Bye. Jessica, I love that. I wanted to let you know. I was actually telling my wife. I don't think I did. I don't think I said it perfectly. I was saying we need to do four gifts, but I couldn't quite remember the order of them. But I know that when I heard it, I was like, ah, oh, that's it. That's the sweet spot. We got to start getting closer to that. And then on the picture thing, we have a lot of bloggers that listen to our podcast and bloggers are intimately familiar with Canva. It's a very useful tool when you're creating stock images for your, for your website or social media. but that is a awesome idea to use it to create Christmas
2: cards. I had
0: never considered that. And so thank you for that really cool tip. I'll have to check that
2: out. Yeah, that is a nice life hack. I like that. And, and yeah, want, need, wear, read for the four different presents. That is, that's cool. I've never heard of that before. So thank you, Jessica.
0: All right, guys, well, unfortunately, that is going to bring this episode to a close. Uh, we like to finish every episode by doing a drawing for a copy of a book that we found useful. And we actually have two books that we usually do. We do J.L. Collins' book, The Simple Path to Wealth, and we do Dominic Cortuccio's book, Design Your Future. Um, honestly, we've said it over and over again, just going to reiterate for those of you that are new to the podcast, this is just a nice, easy way for Brad and I to give back. We recognize that if you take time to leave us a written review, you're putting your stamp of approval on the show. You're letting other people know that you get value from it. And th- you're doing us more of a favor than we're doing you, but we just wanted some nice way that we could give back. So, uh, we do one book for every five written reviews that we get. And to enter that drawing, just go to chooseficom slash iTunes, follow the instructions there, leave us a short written review, and then just send us an email to feedback at choose Just let letting- us know that you left a review uh, and what screen name you left it under. And we announce the winners every week on the Friday roundup. So Brad, how many winners do we have today?
2: All right, Jonathan, we have two winners today. And the first winner is Aaron. And Aaron said, inspiring podcast. This podcast has been life changing for me. I can really relate to Brad and Jonathan. They've really opened my eyes to the many paths to FI. i I've listened to every episode and look forward to each Monday and Friday since binging all the episodes in the last two months, I've taken actionable steps toward cutting expenses and should be at FI in five to seven years, love learning tips on travel rewards and all the other life hacks. Keep the podcast coming. And our next winner is Katie.
0: Katie says, started listening to their podcast recently and binged it. I have found the missing puzzle piece in a life where I knew I was different when it comes to spending. I knew that I had other goals than those around me, purchasing houses and settling down. This podcast has truly left a positive impression on my life as well as the life of my fiance." We have had loads of conversations about what we want out of this life and how to accomplish our goals with walking down the five path. I believe that it has just brought us further together, seeing as we have similar goals. My favorite episode so far has been the travel hacks, and I cannot wait to start implementing those hacks. Jonathan and Brad both bring to the table different perspectives, but that is what I found the most interesting. The fact that you don't have to go with the norm of everyday life and can find another way out. Our goals right now are to, one, go into wedding planning with a FI mindset and put as much away into savings as possible, and two, <laughs> achieve FI at the same time as my parents will be traditionally retiring, if not before. Man, that is awesome. I love that, Katie. And yeah, the travel rewards changed my life in, in every single way that I can imagine. It totally opened up the doors to a whole new level of creativity and really just being able to embrace experiences while embracing frugality. Historically, those don't always go hand in hand, and this totally totally changes uh, that framework. Uh, If if you're hearing about this for the first time and you're thinking to yourself, what the heck are they talking about? Go check out episode nine of our podcast. You can go to choosefi.com slash zero zero nine, or just go to choosefi.com slash travel to see all of our travel resources and really travel rewards. We actually included it in our pillars of FI episode because it's such a wonderful lever that you can pull if you're willing to maybe change the way that you've looked at a historical problem. Alright guys, uh, one quick favor before I let you go today. If, if you got value from this show, if you've been getting value from the weekly episodes and you haven't done it yet, just take one second, press the subscribe button on the platform that you're listening to this on. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, we're on Player FM, Podcast Addict. You know, We are on your player of choice. Take a second, press the subscribe button. It just lets the platforms know that you're getting value from the show, helps us rank more highly and it basically just says to them, I want to be there when they produce new content. We so appreciate you thank you for being here with us on this journey the fire is spreading my friends we'll see you next time as we continue to go down the road less traveled you've been listening to choose fi radio podcast where we help middle-class america
1: build wealth one life hack at a time